This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, February 26th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Bill Sachs endgame on climate. Ty makes case for WTO reform. And FDA goes to school on ag biotech. Vilsack keeping powder dry on climate plan. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack is meeting with climate advisors today as he moves ahead on what will be a top priority for his tenure. So far, he's divulging little about the department's plans or timetable for addressing the issue. But he does say USDA will be heavily focused on building a case for programs Congress could implement in the next Farm Bill due in 2023. I don't have a specific timeline in mind other than I think it's important for us at USDA to do what we can with the resources we have as quickly as we can so we can determine what works and what doesn't work, he told reporters yesterday. He went on, I see this as an opportunity for us to inform our actions, the formulation of long-term policies that could advance our efforts on climate. While we're at it, Vilsack reviewing the Farmers to Families Food Box program to see if revisions are needed to ensure that most of the USDA funding goes toward purchasing the food. He expressed concern that too much money is being spent on distributing the products. One other thing, Vilsack wasn't asked about whether he'll try to modify or reverse the moves of the Economic Research Service and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture to Kansas City. But he did make a point of saying he is concerned about ongoing staffing shortages at those agencies. You can read more about Vilsack's remarks at agripulse.com. USDA watchdog eyes packing plant safety. USDA's Inspector General is surveying federal meat inspectors to get their read on the safety of working conditions in the nation's packing plants. The survey went out Monday and will be open for two weeks. Members of the House Ag Appropriations Subcommittee were told yesterday. The IG is also deep into an extensive investigation of the Trump-era market facilitation program. The review is covering a range of issues, including the regional and demographic distribution of the aid, as well as the accuracy of the payments. Investigators have pulled a sample of farmer records to audit for eligibility and payment accuracy. We'll have more Daybreak after this. Today's Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, a powerful advocate in Washington for farmers throughout the Midwest. Dairy farmers have always been leaders in caring for the environment, and they continue to lead in addressing changing climate conditions. We believe environmentally focused policies affecting agriculture should be guided by farmers, grounded in science, driven by the market, and sufficiently flexible to allow for innovation at the farm level. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. USTR nominee... WTO needs to be reformed. If the Biden administration has a plan worked out for dealing with China, it's keeping quiet on it. 
Catherine Tai, President Biden's pick for U.S. Trade Representative, revealed little at her Senate confirmation hearing about the administration's strategy toward China. But she made clear that the U.S. isn't ready to finish a trade deal with the U.K., and she said the World Trade Organization needs major reforms, a position also taken by the Trump administration. The Biden administration has refused for the past two months to allow the WTO revive its appellate court system by installing new judges. We need to be having hard conversations in Geneva in a constructive way, Ty told the Senate Finance Committee. Basic broad questions that ask what the value of the WTO is to its members and whether or not the WTO, quote, is accomplishing the goals of its founders and members expect of it need to be addressed, she said. You can read our report on Ty's hearing at agripulse.com. Education, R&D, stressed as drivers of regenerative practices. Educating farmers on the benefits of regenerative practices and increasing the federal government's investment in agriculture research and development are needed to help growers sequester carbon and potentially benefit from carbon markets, witnesses told the House Ag Committee yesterday in a hearing on climate change. We have to educate farmers and ranchers on time-tested ecological principles, said Gabe Brown, a North Dakota farmer and rancher who's used no-till and cover crops to vastly increase soil carbon in his soils and to help his farm withstand periods of both drought and flooding. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall said farmers need incentives in transitioning voluntary to more sustainable practices, and he put in a plug for more R&D funding. Duvall also called for regulatory streamlining, particularly when it comes to EPA's approval of new ag chemicals and FDA's approval of feed additives that can help reduce animal methane emissions. FDA issues biotech school curriculum. The nation's middle and high school teachers now have access to detailed FDA-authorized curricula on agricultural biotechnology. FDA developed the curricula under direction from Congress. The 120-page guide for high school teachers leads students through the basics of agriculture and crop genetics and includes instructions on how to extract DNA from strawberries and how to edit genes. The guide says genetic engineering provides crop breeders with much faster ways of doing many of the alterations done with traditional selective breeding. The curriculum notes that selective breeding can, quote, result in inheritance of unwanted genes responsible for unwanted traits. State ag directors back higher THC limit. As expected, members of the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture have adopted policy calling on Congress to increase the allowed THC level in hemp from three-tenths of a percent to a percent. We're going to have to work with Capitol Hill in order to affect that change, but we see this as a game changer for the industry and helping advance the interest of growers and ultimately consumers who want these products, NASDA CEO Barb Glenn told reporters. By the way, NASDA also is asking USDA to allow for more meat items in the food box program. GAO. 
most working SNAP recipients in private sector. Some 90% of working SNAP and Medicaid recipients are employed in the private sector, and a large share are in food service or retail. That according to a report by the Government Accountability Office, the investigative arm of Congress. Restaurants, in fact, employ the largest share of working SNAP recipients in seven of nine states for which GAO reviewed the employee data. In Tennessee, Walmart had the largest number of employees getting food stamps, nearly 1,500, followed by McDonald's with just under 1,200. In Nebraska, McDonald's, Walmart, and Tyson Foods lead the list of top employers with workers on SNAP benefits. Here's today's She Said It. To the extent that I have been privy to conversations, I don't expect, if confirmed, to be put on the back burner. That USTR nominee, Catherine Tai, responded to concerns at a Senate Finance Committee hearing that trade was a low priority for the Biden administration. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, February 26th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.